Welcome to San Francisco City Insider, the San Francisco Chronicle podcast on the people in politics making headlines in the city by the bay. I'm Chronicle columnist Heather Knight, and I'm here today with Daniel Lurie, CEO of Tipping Point. That's a Bay Area anti-poverty organization. Two years ago, it committed $100 million to fight homelessness in San Francisco. But new numbers show the problem is as bad as it's been in 15 years. We're talking today about where the city and state are going wrong in addressing the crisis and how San Francisco isn't as progressive as it claims. I'll be right back with Daniel Lurie. Well, thank you so much for coming today. Thank you, Heather, for having me. Just uh, chatting with you out in the lobby of the Chronicle, you were reading a um, story from the Washington Post about how horrible San Francisco is. Um, are you sick of these East Coast <laughs> diatribes about our city? I've, I do feel like uh, some of my favorite publications, like the New Yorker and the Post and New York Times, just cut and paste uh, articles these days. And listen, we have we have a lot of issues. I know that's what we're going to talk about today, but. Uh, we have a great city and we have uh, a lot to be proud of and we have a lot to work on. So, I agree. Why else would we be raising our children in this city if, if it was as horrible as everybody says? That's exactly right. So two years ago, Tipping Point announced it would uh, privately raise $100 million to give to the city to address homelessness. I went back and read our article announcing that, and you were quoted as saying, um, it's time we draw a line in the sand. Things have to change. It's no secret what needs to be done. We want to build on the great work that has happened at the city level and expand on innovative solutions. But of course, last week we got the horrible news that homelessness in San Francisco is up 17% in just two years, and um, other counties in California saw even bigger upticks. Um, we now have more than 8,000 homeless people in San Francisco, more than we've had in 15 years. What did you think when you saw those numbers, and where would you say San Francisco is going wrong? Well, let me start right at the top. We raised $100 million. We are not giving it to the city. Okay. We are investing in solutions at work. Um, we are trying to come up with innovative ideas and, and, and help uh, with philanthropic capital that mm -hmm. can be more nimble than government dollars. Mm -hmm. We are absolutely partnering uh, with now Mayor Breed um, and Jeff Kaczynski and the new director of public health, Grant Colfax. Mm -hmm. We're excited about uh, the appointment of Grant Colfax. Uh, we're excited about the mayor's appointment of the mental health czar, mm -hmm. uh, Anton, uh, who we're excited about as well. Um, we are we're not happy with uh, the point in time count. We're not happy with what's going on on our streets. And that's why we started the t Tipping Points mm -hmm. Chronic Homelessness Initiative. Our goal in partnership with the city and county of San Francisco is to cut the number of chronically homeless individuals on the street in half over a five-year period. Mm -hmm. We are almost two years into this initiative. Um, and what I would say is it's taken us about 35, 40 years to get to this place of, um, you know, where we are, we have nothing to be proud of on the streets of San Francisco when it comes to how we're treating and caring for the most vulnerable in our city. Um, but, and, and so it's going to take us more than two years to get ourselves out of it. It's going to take us mm -hmm. 10 years, 15 years. Mm -hmm. And I believe that we are laying the groundwork um, to see, a, to see better outcomes. Yeah. What you're seeing from the governor, what you're seeing from Mayor Breed, Mayor Schaff, Mayor Licardo, is this is their number one issue. Mm -hmm. This is going to define 
the elected officials' careers. Um, and what we're hearing are all positive things, um, that this is the crisis of our times. More resources are going to it. Um, what we at Tipping Point are trying to do is help uh, government and help the nonprofit sector be more efficient and effective at how they deploy those resources. Mm -hmm. um, I know Tipping Point has only been um, intensely involved in this for two years, but the city itself has been working on this issue, you know, for over a decade. And so where do you think is something is not working if the numbers are actually as high as they were 15 years ago? We're not investing in housing. Uh, we can talk all day long about um, shelters. We can talk all day long about, um, you know, nonprofits and whether or not they're doing what they set out to do. Uh, we started underinvesting in housing at a national level. Um, we're underinvesting in building affordable housing and actually housing of all kinds at the state level. Mm -hmm. um, this is no longer a San Francisco problem. Mm -hmm. uh, this is a huge regional issue. I mean, Alameda County, Santa Clara County, up north of 40%. Right. Um, we all need to do better and we all need to work together. Uh, we were also talking about this out in the hall. Uh, the idea that the point in time count spiked and those numbers came out and the same day SB 50 got shelved, Scott Wiener's bill to try to build more housing in the state, mm -hmm. couldn't even get out of committee. Right. Uh, is an absolute. But they're going to have license plates, special license plates that will benefit homeless people. That was their answer. That well, was the uh, you, you, <laughs> the legislator's uh, answer who killed that bill. I'm glad. I'm glad you're. On. <laughs> I, I didn't even hear about that because I was so frustrated yeah. with not only the point in time count numbers, but uh, our politicians' statewide's response to the housing crisis. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it is. It's laughable. Uh, when you think about the crisis that this state sees itself in. Mm -hmm. um, we, we've had every elected official talk about the affordability crisis regionally, statewide, and then we say no more housing. Mm -hmm. So we all as Californians have to look ourselves in the, in the mirror and say, do we, do we really care about people or are we just talk? Are we really progressive or are we just talk? Mm -hmm. um, for me, uh, as a lifelong San Francisco born and raised here, um, we need to do everything in our power to build more housing at all income levels. I was with a firefighter yesterday um, uh, who talked about, you know, 20 years on the job and and his frustration. And yet uh, and, and we want to tax all of these businesses. Great. I'm, I'm aggressive. Let's keep taxing people. And then how do we spend the money? Mm -hmm. We we get billion-dollar bonds in L.A., uh, and then the first housing project comes up for a vote, and the Board of Supervisors votes it down. So we can talk all day long about San Francisco's issues. This is a statewide issue. Mm -hmm. um, we need more housing to be built. The answer to homelessness is a home. Yeah. Very well said. So you committed $100 million two years ago. How much has actually been spent so far? Um, that's a good question. We're probably... 10 to 15 million spent. Um, we have three buckets of what we're working on. One is to create more housing. Mm -hmm. That includes um, uh, a couple of different initiatives. One is to try to build a building, and we're in the process of working on that. We want to prototype a building mm -hmm. um, here in San Francisco. We want to try to get it built in under three years and for under $400,000 a unit. That's compared to that seems so uh, easy, but it's so hard in San Francisco. Yeah, it's six to seven hundred thousand dollars a unit currently, 
and six to seven years to get something built. So we are that working. That points to part of the problem, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and SB 35 um, allows something that Scott Weiner also got passed um, at the state level, a very good move at the state level. Mm-hmm. So I applaud them for getting that passed, which allows for um, uh, to not have to go through CEQA review. Mm-hmm. Um, and it cuts down the the time. And, and by cutting down time, you cut down cost um, for 100 percent affordable buildings uh, throughout the state of California. Um, and so uh, actually Jane Kim and Mayor Breed, when she was supervisor, led a unanimous vote to rezone a number of, of places in in uh, um, in the city that would allow for mm-hmm. us to use SB 35 as a as a local jurisdiction. Um, so and you're doing that at South and Market District, right? We're doing that in, in D6. Um, so we'll have more news on that. But uh, where's the location? Exactly. Uh, we'll have more news on that. <laughs> uh, and, and what we're also doing is working with Brilliant Corners. Um, we've housed 200 people uh, through what we call the Moving On Initiative. We actually have 7,500 units of per- permanent supportive housing here in San Francisco. It's not bad. It hasn't grown that much. Mm-hmm. The problem is the rental market is so expensive that no one can move out if they are ready to live in independent living situations because the rents are so high. Right. We helped in partnership with the city get a rental or get an adjustment on the housing vouchers from the feds. Now we have vouchers. We did have vouchers that were available at $2,000 for a studio or or a one bedroom for a single adult. And so we've actually moved 200 individuals out of permanent supportive housing into their own independent living situations, freeing up 200 people from the street to move into those vacant, now vacant apartments. Normally, the only way people exit is through death, through dying. And so um, we need to unstick the housing ladder. So that's something that we're doing. Then we have a prevention bucket of our work where we're working in partnership with UCSF uh, around behavioral health issues um, and trying to game plan what the philanthropic community can do alongside UCSF with uh, Grant Colfax's department on uh, creating more mental health beds, more mm-hmm. subacute beds. Mm-hmm. We all know the stories. You've written about them where you put someone gets put on a 72-hour hold, they're at general, and then they're just released back to the street because there's no three-month beds. There's no Mm -hmm. six-month beds for these folks that are in desperate straits to get case management. Mm -hmm. So we're working with UCSF on that. We're working with the mayor on the Rising Up initiative led by Larkin Street. Uh, We committed $3 million to that initiative to try to prevent transitional age youth from Mm -hmm. falling into homelessness. Mm -hmm. 11%, 11% of the chronic homeless population in this city currently might be higher after this point in time count, are kids aged 18 to 24. Wow. And then the chronic homeless definition is you've been out on the street for more than a year and have a disabling condition, usually behavioral health or or, or addiction or both. Mm-hmm. So the rising up initiative is incredibly important, and we're proud to be working with mm-hmm. the city on that. And then on the third prong of our three-pronged approach uh, that the money is going to be spent on is we've we've – help the city hire staffers inside Jeff Kaczynski's shop. Uh, we had two tipping point fellows inside city, uh, inside the city department. Um, and we're trying to help the city be more efficient mm-hmm. at how they're spending their hundreds and hundreds and hundreds <laughs> yeah. of millions of dollars a year. 
this is not a money issue in the sense that our $100 million is going to be used to scale and to innovate and to be nimble dollars while the city uh, continues to do. They they are accomplishing some things and we're trying to help them get better. Have you um, come up with any ways you think the city is being inefficient or too much bureaucracy or things just don't make sense to you as you? Yeah, right from the get-go, uh, every department had its own data system. Um, and so we, along with a few other t- a few tech companies have helped on creating this thing called the one system um, where you have one database tracking where everybody is is being cared for instead of 13 different databases. We're in the process of implementing that. It's a struggle. Mm-hmm. The nonprofits groups in our portfolio uh, at Tipping Point are um, have been constantly asked to do to input their data into different systems through the years. And so this is one more system. But what we're hoping for is that it's one system. Hopefully, Jeff Kaczynski's department, Dr. Grant Colfax's department, uh, Trent Rohr's department, mm-hmm. when they're seeing the same client, someone gets picked up by DPH, they have some issues. Someone else gets picked up by Jeff Kaczynski's shop. They can actually see mm-hmm. what – Cross-check with each other. Cross-check yeah. with each other. That has not been done before. Yeah, so that's crazy. one example. Yeah. Did you or Tipping Point take a public stand on Prop C, which was the November ballot measure to tax the biggest businesses in the city to pay for homeless We services? did not. Yeah. We stayed out of that. Um, we typically stay out of the politics and taxing uh, mm-hmm. folks. Uh, if I think if we got behind that one, we'd probably just become a uh, an organization that focuses on tax hikes all the time because mm-hmm. we focus on four areas at Tipping Point. We focus on housing education, employment, and early childhood. Um, and so we could, with how we uh, do things in this city, we have a proposition <laughs> on the ballot every six to nine months. Yeah. What we've always done at Tipping Point is focus on direct services. The first 12 years, we did no policy. Um, the Chronic Homelessness Initiative was something that was born out of the need to do something to help uh, with this crisis that not only is our city, but in the region. Um, and what we like to do is partner with the city and county um, or with mayors. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mayor Breed came out against Prop mm-hmm. C, and so uh, there was not really much of a discussion after that. Did you yourself vote for it? Uh, God, you're really <laughs> good on that. Um, I'm staying out of that one as well. <laughs> okay. So I understand that Tipping Point did a um, some focus groups talking to people who are housed in San Francisco about the homelessness crisis and that they had some interesting things to say about what they thought could help. Yeah, we're, tr- we're trying to understand uh, how do we get to solutions. And we are all about that. And we're all about trying to work with city and government, government on that. Uh, when you survey people that live in San Francisco, like the two of us, mm-hmm. uh, we believe – in solving this problem. We want answers. We want solutions. We also believe that uh, a high percentage of the respondents believe that housing should be built everywhere for mm-hmm. individuals and families experiencing homelessness. And in fact, um, when you let people know that there are buildings in their district right now that house formerly homeless, they tend to go, oh, I, I actually didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Some districts only think, you know, you know, if you talk to uh, folks in D6 or D9, they think, oh, we're just warehousing formerly homeless individuals in, in their districts. We have uh, 
people who were formerly living on the streets in every district in the city um, living very well. And, and the guess world what? hasn't ended. And the world hasn't <laughs> ended and property values have gone up. Um, Just a bit. <laughs> and so I, I really think this this nimbyism that we have in the city um, is is not as prevalent when you poll people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we need to, um, like I said earlier, we all need to look ourselves in the mirror and say, do we want to solve this problem? Mm-hmm. When you ask people, um, are they willing to have affordable and supportive housing built in their neighborhood, mm-hmm. they say yes. But so, do you think they're just saying what the focus group leader wanted to hear? Because when you actually propose putting a real navigation center into a neighborhood like at the port in recent months, there's, you know, all hell breaks loose. I, yes. And I think there's probably there's some there's some bias in there that uh, I think we're trying to account for. And I would say a navigation center, a shelter is a little different than, you know, building permanent supportive housing or rehabbing a building that's already up and has people living in it mm-hmm. already. Um, you know, I believe that we can build beautiful looking buildings. We've, we've done it before uh, to house formerly homeless individuals and families. We have great buildings that no one even knows that there's families living in it that used to live in their cars mm-hmm. and live on the streets. We have that everywhere. So what we need to do is just continue to push that message. I will go back to we believe we are so progressive and that the world doesn't understand us and that all those conservatives in the middle of the country just don't aren't aren't they don't like to take care of people like mm-hmm. we do in San Francisco. We are not taking care of people. We are not progressive right now. We mm-hmm. are you know, you said it best. We've gone so far left in the city that we're on the right side of things. Mm-hmm. Um on the right side of things, meaning on the politics. We cannot continue down this road. We need to build more housing. Mm -hmm. We need to have more mental health beds in this city and in this region. And by no means am I saying we need to build our way out of this uh, crisis Mm -hmm. here in San Francisco. We need to build more housing in the region Mm -hmm. and in the state. Mm -hmm. Um, And we all need to get behind it. And I believe that if you have... uh, elected officials standing up and leading, people will follow. Right. And separately, you did a survey of 300 people who are actually homeless themselves and living on the streets and issued a report called View from the Outside. And you found that more than half had lived in San Francisco for at least 10 years. And among black San Franciscans, two thirds had been here at least that long. Do do you think this helps debunk a myth that, you know, homeless people are just flocking here from all over the country for our services? That that's another myth in my uh, opinion. Um, and I know I get some pushback from some friends in the city. Um, what we found is 66% of black San Franciscans who are homeless have lived in San Francisco for a decade or more um, compared to 50% of all those surveyed. Mm-hmm. Um, 90% of them think that the best way to help people living on the street is to find them a long-term solution for housing. Mm-hmm. Um, uh What we also need to remember while we're dealing with all of this um, and when we're walking down the streets, whether it's with our kids or when it's or it's just you solo, is we need to stop and say hello to people. There's a sense of dignity that has been lost between those that are living on the streets and ourselves. We are all, you know, some of us get really upset. Some get scared. Mm -hmm. um, But but. The truth is, is that there are neighbors, the mm-hmm. people living in the street are our neighbors, and we need to treat them as such. And and simple gestures mm-hmm. will help transform not only that person's day, um, but also how we as a community 
interact with each other. So I think that's one of the things that people are knocking us for Mm -hmm. is that uh, there's just it feels like we're just cold hearted and we are not taking care of our own. And it's hard to argue with that narrative. So we can change that with simple gestures. I've interviewed homeless people before who have said things like I just approach someone and ask them what time it is or talk about the weather or anything that, you know, you wouldn't freak out about if somebody, you know, started up a conversation with you when you're out and about. And yet people just like put their hands up. I don't want to talk to you like they won't even engage on the simple small talk. Yeah. And I and listen, I I've had friends. I've had close friends who work in this field day in and day out who have had physical altercations with people. So I can understand where there's some sense of being tentative mm-hmm. on this front. Um, but I think we got to be saying hi to people. Yeah, I it's think not this, that hard. <laughs> it's not that hard. And saying, how, how are you doing? Mm-hmm. And have a nice day. Mm-hmm. Um, and let's get back to like the simple gestures. Right. Um, another interesting statistic in the report was that um, while 6% of San Franciscans as a whole are black, 36% of homeless people living here are. Um, what did you think when you saw that figure? That might also kind of debunk our so-called progressivism. Yeah, no, I think I think this issue of equity is, is incredibly intense. Um, and it's something that we should be leading on, not falling behind on. And we as a city are falling behind on how we treat our – the African-American community, Latino community, LGBTQ, mm-hmm. I mean, make up a, a huge percentage yes. of our homeless population as well, much higher than they make up of the, the population numbers. Um, so at all levels, uh, when it comes to who our homeless are, we're, it's, it's an equity issue. Mm-hmm. Um, we need to we need to understand that from the jump um, mm-hmm. that uh, this is predominantly affecting communities of color, mm-hmm. um, that it's affecting our LGBTQ community. Mm-hmm. Um, and we need, once again, we need to be more inclusive. We need to build more housing mm-hmm. for folks. Um, it doesn't get much more complicated than that. There, back to your f- prior question on this myth that people are flocking. Mm-hmm. If you ask every big city mayor on the West Coast, they'll say people are flocking mm-hmm. to my city mm-hmm. for services and because we're, you know, we're this bastion of liberalism and we just take care of everybody. Little known fact, we have given one-way bus tickets to 10,000 people over the last 15 years in Mm -hmm. San Francisco. We absolutely have people that are bused in. People send homeless people to Mm -hmm. us, if you want to say. We're doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. Um, This myth that um, if we take care of people, more people will come. Mm-hmm. I, when did we stop taking care of people in this city? That's mm-hmm. what I don't understand. Or in this region, we've always had people flocking to California, flocking to the Bay Area, flocking to San Francisco since the gold rush. We're a land of opportunity and dr- where dreams are made. So should we stop that now? Should we build a wall around the Bay Area and not let people in who are coming Now you're here? sounding like somebody in the White House. <laughs> well, exactly. I mean, that, that's no, I know how you're it, being ironic. Yeah, it's 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 ridiculous. Yeah. So I know you're working on some other issues related to poverty. And one thing I've been talking to your staff about is issues around child support in California. And the way that that works now is pretty shocking. Can you talk about that and some of the ways you're trying to reform it? Yeah, I mean, we have one initiative. Um, our 
data team, our impact and analytics team um, has been working at the state level on trying to um, – we have a, a game plan in place right now where if you are um, paying child support, you are essentially sending all of your money to the state. Mm-hmm. None of the money is getting to uh, the mothers. Mm-hmm. Um we're trying to get rid of, I think, over $11 billion in unclaimed child support. Um, debt and the interest keeps going up and mm-hmm. up on these almost entirely uh, fathers that mm-hmm. are not paying their child support. Mm-hmm. But even if they start paying off that debt, it does not go to the children and the and the parents. So we're working on that at the state level. It's gotten through a couple of committees, um, and we're hoping that we change that so that a hundred percent of the payment from the father would go to the Mm -hmm. mother and to the children instead of the state taking 10, 20, 30, 40%. And that's what they do right now. Yeah. And so we've actually found, uh, you know, to give credit, we found some, a really receptive audience up in Sacramento. So we're excited about that. We're not there yet, but we're pushing on that front. What, what we also worked on is, uh, on, what we found out is here at the MTA, fines and fees in low-income neighborhoods mm-hmm. like the Bayview, parking tickets are more are actually at higher cost than uh, than in Pack Heights if you get a oh, parking wow. ticket. Uh, uh, the mayor just got rid of all um, late fees mm-hmm. at the library. You saw that that was also an extension of mm-hmm. this this work that we've been working mm-hmm. on over the past couple of years to reduce fines and fees on low-income individuals mm-hmm. and families. Um, there was a line that uh, came out uh, at one of our events about 13 years ago where it, we talked about it being incredibly time-consuming um, and incredibly taxing to be poor uh, mm-hmm. in this region. Um, we we put these fees on top of fines mm-hmm. and then they start compounding mm-hmm. to the point where you cannot pay. I mean, we was talking about, you know, bail, bail reform in mm-hmm. this country. We finally understand that people are kept in prison months at a time because they can't pay a $500 bail. And they're not even, they might not be guilty of a crime. Um, we're presumed innocent in this country. And yet our bail system punished mm-hmm. poor people for decades. And that's seems to be coming to an end in this country, mm-hmm. um, which is great. We need to do the same thing on simple fines and fees. Mm-hmm. Um, and we should definitely not be uh, pu- putting the burden on poor working folks versus, you know, lower fines and fees and pack heights. Right. Well, you've survived the serious questions, and now it's time for the lightning round. Okay. <laughs> Everybody loves this part. What is your favorite burrito in San Francisco? I go, you know, this is an old school answer, but it's Gordo's for me. It's Gordo's <laughs> and then... Mark Benioff said that. Mark did. Mm-hmm. Well, he's old school San Francisco. <laughs> so it's Gordo's and La Taqueria for me. Okay. Where do you go for a stiff drink? Uh, my best, I mean, my favorite place in the city mm-hmm. um, is, uh, is uh, Catonia mm-hmm. and Tosca. Okay. Catonia and Tosca. What is your favorite movie filmed in San Francisco? Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> I mean, Mrs. Doubtfire is pretty up there. Um, basically, anything Robin Williams, I'm going to be pretty okay with. Yeah. Um, 
uh, I'm going to, I'll stick with that. Okay. Um, the correct answer is, so I married an axe murderer. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> that's a good one. Uh, or I, you know, the rock was yeah, also pretty good. Also good. Yeah. What was your first concert? Uh, oh my God. <laughs> it was, um, I was with my dad when I was six years old and it was in a big park in Israel and in, in uh, Jerusalem oh. actually. And it was the, oh my goodness, I'm blanking on the name, old, old rock bands. Um, but I'll tell you what my favorite San Francisco concert okay. was. Uh, my favorite was uh, uh, the Band Together concert that oh, right. we all put together with Salesforce and the Giants and and uh, and Twilio and Google and Levi's and everybody to raise $17 million for North Bay Fire Relief yeah. last year or, or a year and a half ago now. Uh, uh, Great effort. Metallica, Dave Matthews. <laughs> um, G Easy. That was that was the best concert I've ever been to. Nice. You said you're seeing Supervisor Haney later today, so you'll have to note that on this podcast he admitted his first concert was New Kids on the Block. Really? Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna bring that up. <laughs> he kinda that I could see that with him. I could see that with him. Yeah. What was the last book you read? Um I'm currently reading Culture Code, uh mm -hmm by Daniel Coyle, uh, given, I believe that's the author's name, uh, given to me by my second-year-old's uh, principal. Uh, uh, he thought uh, I should I should take a look at it. It's about different cultures at different in different companies and different workforces okay. and what works. Cool. Uh, you considered running for mayor last time around, but then you didn't. That was the scuttlebutt. That's very presumptuous. <laughs> uh would you ever consider running from here on out? There's a, an election in November, if you haven't heard. Oh, I have heard, and I'm okay. supporting uh, uh, Mayor Bree <laughs> in 2019. Um, I'm excited to see her have a full term so she can continue, um, especially on these issues of homelessness. I think I think she's right on everything that she's talking about. Uh, I think um, she's been bold. She's been uh, kind of... And I, I think with a four-year term, she'll be able to even mm -hmm. go stronger on that. How do you think she's done in office so far coming up on a year? Um, I th Like I said, I think she – I like the appointment of Grant Colfax. I think that was a great pick. I think uh, her chief of staff was a master stroke um, in Sean Ellsburn. I thought that was a, a brilliant mm -hmm. pick mm -hmm. by her. Um, and so if you judge on some of the people, new people she's brought on, I'm I'm very encouraged and – I'd like to see her go even bolder, um, but you know she goes. She's trying to do the navigation center. Um, I'd like her to just feel kind of unleashed on building more housing in this city. Um, and uh, I think she she wants to be there, and, mm -hmm. and she's saying all the right things when it comes to homelessness. And when we talk about our issues, a tipping point, um, uh, you know. She understands the issues in a way that uh, means that we have a, a, a real partner mm -hmm. in, the, in, the, in City Hall. Would you ever want to be in City Hall yourself? Uh, right now, no. Mm -hmm. I think – I honestly, I think having the platform that we have at Tipping Point is a pretty powerful one. Mm -hmm. I think we've built a legacy over 14 years of being 
totally uh, committed to lifting people up. Um, I think as a private citizen um, to be able to have done what we did, what we talked about with Mark and with the Giants and and uh, with North Bay Fire Relief to be able to jump in and, and lift people up um, was something that can't necessarily do as a elected official. Um, would I ever rule it out? No, mm-hmm. um, because I love this city and I love um, serving. Um, but I love what I'm doing right now. I think Tipping Point is as strong a platform as there is in the region to do good. Mm-hmm. You work a lot on poverty in one of the richest cities in the world. Do you ever look around at this ridiculous wealth and tremendous poverty side by side um, and just want to throw your hands up in the air and move? <laughs> Oh, I thought you were going a different way. Um, no, I'm not moving. Um, okay. I'm raising my two kids like you are raising your two kids. Um, my wife and I are committed uh, to this city. Um, I throw sometimes I, you know, by 9 a.m. I've, you know, I saw somebody crossing uh, Van Ness and, um, and Mission Street in that huge intersection mm-hmm. about six blocks from here, um, you know barefoot in the middle of oncoming traffic. And I just, I just, I'm so upset um, that in a city and in a region and in a state as wealthy as this one, that we, we aren't getting the job done. Mm -hmm. Um, And so what I do is I, I kind of every day have the reminder that we have more work to do. Mm -hmm. Um, So no, and you can't, you can't, if you live in this region, if you live in the city, you better double down now because I, I don't know about you, but I don't like when people talk smack about my city. <laughs> no. um, and, and I like talking smack about it, but I don't like it when other people do. R- right. Well, there you go. Um, I And it's literally it's a cut and paste article, as you and I said at the yes. beginning. We can do better. We've been able to create change on a global level. Now, let's really start thinking about how do we create change on a Mm -hmm. local level. It's doable. Uh, We just kind of have to get out of our own way Mm -hmm. and out of our own heads and get to work um, and get rid of these ridiculous politics that we're seeing Mm -hmm. um, where uh, a few few are keeping the many from uh, doing some real good things. Great. Well, I think that's a good note to end on. Thank you so much for coming. Thanks for having me. San Francisco City Insider is part of the San Francisco Chronicle Podcast Network. Audrey Cooper is the editor-in-chief, and Dominic Fercasa is this podcast's producer. If you like this show, please subscribe and give us a quick review wherever you get your podcasts. Support San Francisco City Insider and a lot of great journalism with a print or digital subscription to the San Francisco Chronicle. Find out more at sfchronicle.com slash subscribe. <laughs>